Hello and welcome to Gender and the Screen, the podcast. I'm April Austin. And I'm Nick Angus. In this podcast, we explore the issue of gender diversity in the Australian screen industry, particularly focusing on the representation of women in behind-the-camera roles. So that's directors, producers, writers and cinematographers, just to name a few. Throughout this series, we will be talking to female and male creatives and academics about their experiences with gender diversity. In this episode, we talk to Australian cinematographer Katie Milwright. Katie has worked on projects such as TV series Tidelands and Please Like Me, films including Looking for Grace and Celeste, and has also an extensive advertising resume, filming commercials for the likes of Maya, Nestle and Smith's Chips. If that's not enough, Katie is also the 10th Australian female cinematographer to be accredited by the ACS, working across film, television, art and documentary, and has won nine ACS awards for her work. Here she is now. Thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. Before we get into it, do you want to start by telling us a bit more about how you got into cinematography? I was very interested in filmmaking and storytelling from um, the sort of film perspective. And I went to film school and went to the Victorian College of the Arts and did three years there when I left high school, um, which just further fueled that kind of uh, interest and desire to be part of the filmmaking world. Uh, Going in there, I probably didn't really have a great understanding of what all of the sort of creative heads of department roles were. So I I really loved the sort of on-set filmmaking, um, the very sort of technical, um, visually kind of telling the story um, elements of... um, Making a making a film, and um, sort of became more and more interested in cinematography. Um, and by the time I'd finished at BCA, I was I'd already shot a few short films while I was there, and had had some really great feedback about the short films. And um, I met through one of my third year lecturers. I ended up being introduced to. Um, a really amazing cinematographer, Mandy Walker, who was living in Melbourne at the time. And um, I spent my first year out of university with her as a mentor to me, sort of via this sort of VCA program that they used to do. And so I got to go out on set with her and go to grades and post-production things and just generally have access to somebody who was doing the job that I thought that I might like to do. And sort of the more I saw it, the more I loved it. And that's sort of what started me off. You've worked on some really fantastic productions in your time that we mentioned in the intro and a wide variety of productions as well. Um, What have been some of your favourites? I really loved working on, I shot a feature film for director Sue Brooks uh, called Looking for Grace. Um, And I went over to Western Australia to shoot that film in the wheat belt out of Perth and um, it was sort of my first um, 
proper feature film with a budget and I just loved the whole experience and I didn't want it to stop. <laughs> um, and I really loved working with Sue. And that was a really positive, great experience. And, and then the film went on to enjoy a bit of a success as well, which um, sort of we all get to, got to get back together and, and go to Venice Film Festival. So that was really fun. So as far as um, that goes, that was a really great experience. It's sort of um, great working relationship, great crew to work with, and then just like a really positive outcome as well and some good attention from that. Um, I shot a, a documentary about Gurumal Unipingu and I was one of four cinematographers on that job. Um, but we shot it over sort of three, three and a half years. So I would sort of, I started the project and then someone took over for a moment, then I'd come back in when I was available. And then it sort of was this sort of rolling thing where I'd sort of come in and out of that every sort of six months. and. I mean, it was such an inspiring and amazing story to be able to be part of telling. And it's, it's such a great film about a brilliant artist. So uh, that was a really great one um, and an experience that I won't forget. Uh, and then probably more recently, I shot a TV series called Upright with Tim Minchin. And um, I shot all eight episodes of that TV series and we went off across the Nullarbor. We shot mostly in South Australia and then we finished up in Perth in WA. And um, it was just, again, it was just one of those sort of great, um, great filming experiences where you're just really loving the team that you're working with and the story that you're telling. And then at the end, I think the production, I, I really loved the final, the final outcome of the of the show and so yeah it's just it's just positive and positive again <laughs> such a wealth of experience katie and both april and i are so interested hearing about it all um, but now moving to our topic of gender diversity in the australian screen industry we wanted to ask you about what obstacles and barriers if any have you experienced as a woman in the industry yeah i i think maybe there's less of an obstacle at the moment. There seems to be a real push for gender diversity in heads of department and all roles in um, the filmmaking world, as well as everywhere else, I, I presume. But um, uh, so with that, there's definitely been some wins for um, cinematographers who are women. I think there's definitely people are looking to diversify their crews and not just have it as it used to be quite a boys club um when i was working as a camera assistant i would quite often be the only woman on set um there would be makeup artists or wardrobe standbys that were women but quite often the technical crew were all male and i think there's definitely a dynamic that comes out of that situation not necessarily all terrible but um <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's just better to have a diverse kind of group of people. It just feels like a more um, welcoming environment for everybody when um, there's a bit more diversity within your crew. And I think there's a bit more of a relaxed feeling. So as I became a cinematographer, I naturally just ended up um, picking crew that I really liked to work with. and some of those camera assistants and things like that were women. And um, I think as 
I didn't really sort of think about that as a positive, like as a, as a choice that I was making, but I think I just naturally might've gravitated to certain personalities and um, people often comment that um, set feels really nice. That feels like a really nice feeling. Um, whereas I know as a camera assistant being the only female on set, sometimes that did feel a bit tense and did feel a bit overwhelming sometimes. So um, I think there's been a massive shift in the last, even the last sort of three or four years um, to a little bit more of an inclusive environment on film sets. And um, however, I sort of feel like since I've been a cinematographer, it's been probably a bit more like that for me anyway, because I sort of get to choose the crew that I work with. Could you talk to us a bit more about what those experiences were like when you were starting out and the only female camera assistant on set? Yeah, so I suppose I was really lucky and I think Melbourne particularly um, at the time um, was a very lucky place for me to land. Um, I mean, I grew up here, but so it wasn't like I landed here, but in terms of where, when I started. So I had this really great initial role model in Mandy Walker who'd really kind of battled through the battled through the forest to as a as the only you know female DP at the time that she was sort of starting um, and so by the time I'd got out of film school you know a female DP wasn't so odd um, and then I actually got introduced to these amazing women who were focus pullers and then so I spent um, a couple a couple of years of my sort of um, camera assisting career working with these fantastic women who were like doing massive films at the time. And so I sort of didn't really feel like um, it was that odd. I sort of um, felt like, well, obviously there's a pathway through. I don't know exactly what that is just yet, but um, obviously Mandy could become a DP and become a world famous DP eventually. Um, and then these, yeah, these really great focus pullers. But then what I noticed with all of these great focus pullers that I worked with, they didn't go on. They didn't go on to be a camera operator. They didn't go on to be a DP and they changed their life and did something else um, because I think they felt like there was a block there. I was kind of lucky. I had, um, I had um, contacts through my film school and sort of as they came up as directors and took me with them, I sort of got other opportunities that probably wasn't available to them as focus pullers. And so that sort of is what got me out of, um, got me out of camera assisting and into cinematography. I think there's a certain um, single-mindedness that you need to have where I didn't really think there was another option for me. I had a very sort of clear focus as to what my goal was, which was to be a DP. And so basically I sort of felt like one foot was in front of the other to go going in that direction, always towards that direction. And yeah, there wasn't an out. There wasn't another version of myself that wasn't that. Um, so I might've been the less least, the less successful version of that, but I was always heading towards <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's just sort of very single-mindedness has sort of driven me towards where I ended up. Did you ever feel that single-mindedness waver? And do you think women who might perhaps struggle with having that sort of sense of single-mindedness and that mindset towards their career 
would struggle to make it and be successful in the industry? I suppose there's something about, um, uh, I think there's, there's a period, it's sort of like if you've sort of pushed for your cinema, cinematographic career and like you sort of early days of it, sort of building up a reel and sort of getting to the point that you, um, you know, somebody who other pe people want to hire on jobs is sort of seems to be generally around about the time that you end up maybe having a kid and that um, that sort of obviously can throw a lot of things into <laughs> disarray as to sort of how you work and how you take work and um, what you can um, accept or how people see you. And I think um, I've got an eight-year-old daughter and um, I think definitely has changed the priorities for what kind of work I want to take. And I think it's for the better actually, because I sort of consider, consider the job very thoroughly because I want it to be important to me. If it's going to be time away from my family, I want it to be something that is worth it. So whether that's financially worth it or like career wise, I feel like it's a story I really want to be part of telling. Um, uh, and I think that it's difficult to, um, to take a low paying job, as a parent <laughs> to go off and sort of um, follow your fancy if you've got a family that you've basically left behind <laughs> for a few months. Um, yeah, I think you do sort of um, limit the kind of work that you might be able to do or at least that you should consider um, based on that. So I, I, I think um, for producers and people to, I mean, everyone who has a family doesn't want to leave their family for a long period of time, but I think um, there might be sort of added pressure on women sometimes to, um, what am I trying to say? Make difficult choices, I suppose. And um, yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely um, have a lot of producers that have been like really great about, you know, we'll pay some extra airfares to get your family to come over at some point. We'll give you an accommodation with a second bedroom so that they can be with you during that time. Or at least even having a conversation about, you know, is there anything that you need that can help you through that time or all of that kind of thing. I, I think um, that's certainly something that I've experienced with some producers and that's been really great. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a difficulty for any family, like if it's a male or a female or whatever it is, but I, I think um, women seem to take it on a little bit more. And, um, and depending whether your partner can help you do childcare or whether you're going to be, yeah, leaning on um, outside things as well. Um, yeah, I think that definitely, but yeah, I would definitely say to younger people, do as much as you can before you <laughs> kids get as much of your portfolio uh happening so that um because it just doesn't mean that you have to stop work it really doesn't and I was quite sort of scared about um people perceiving me as somebody um who was now not available when I had my daughter um and so I made a concerted effort to make sure that I was shooting commercials within a few months of having her <laughs> um I mean they you know like the doing a commercial is just a, like a couple of days here and there, but um, 
just to make sure that that perception was out there that I hadn't stopped, that I was still working. It's definitely positive to hear that there has been that noticeable shift in the gender diversity of the industry. Um, you've worked across TV, film and advertising. Have you noticed any differences between the three in terms of the lack of or the prevalence of gender diversity? Is one more gender diverse than the other, um, behind the camera particularly? I suppose um, my perception of advertising, and this may or may not be true, has always been it's been a bit more of a clicky um, boys club. Um, in terms of the amount of cinematographers that shoot for, for TVCs, at least in Australia, it's definitely um, weighted a lot more heavily um, um, towards um, men shooting than women shooting. And I don't think that's as true in the drama world at all. I think I feel like that's a, um, a lot more equitable in terms of the... And maybe that's the kind of people who want to be directors in advertising um, compared to the directors who want to do drama as well. Like their needs are different. It's a, it's a, it's a long game on a long form show. So the relationship with that person is um, something that you really have to live with for a long time. And maybe for one or two days on a commercial, um, that's less important. Um, certainly, yeah, I think certainly that the, the bigger commercials and the majority of commercials are shot by men. And, you know, I'll often get, you know, the, uh, often get a lot of um, the commercials that I do get to do um, would be a lot of ladies in lounge rooms and a lot of, you know, women centric kind of products. So I just did like a, you know, sanitary <laughs> product. Just like, yeah, great. Thank you. That's what I'm sort of, because you're really good at. <laughs> um, so like, it'd be, yeah, it'd be really, I think there's been a bit more of a push from female directors to get into shooting cars, but definitely there's like, I would love to shoot a car commercial. I think I've done one. Um, I'd love to shoot a female. That'd be bloody great. And certainly get the opportunity to use tracking vehicles and do car stuff on drama, but um, it doesn't translate into the TVC world. And um, that's sort of, you know, the, sort of the ultimate of shooting TVCs is that kind of product, I suppose. Um, Katie, we're now going to jump to what is probably more of an ending question, but what do you see as some solutions to the lack of gender diversity in the Australian screen industry? Uh, what else do you think is needed to be done to help continue improving the situation? I think it's definitely an awareness thing um, and making it, uh, making the people who are available more obvious I think uh, because um, I think the the same names get read out on the start of a job um, or you know you look up a you look up a um, a crew list from a certain state and you'll see oh these are the top people so that's who you'll start with or whatever but there might be sort of someone who's you know, down the back that's been doing some really interesting work um, and they're just not visible and they're not visible to you. So I think it's making those people who might be of a diverse background or a uh, different gender that you might be able to see them more. So all of those sort of initiatives like Free the Work, um, the ACS is actually running a campaign at the moment called Who's in Your Crew? Um, and it's sort of highlighting um, female assistants and um POC um, 
crew members as well and DPs. So I think all of those things kind of like, oh, I didn't know about that person. I, you know, maybe that's sort of somebody to consider. <clears throat> I think all of that's really, really helpful. Um, and I think maybe making hiring diversely a priority for crew and for producers and things like that, that it's not like you could, you know, build your perfect crew or whatever, but then just sort of going back, going through that list and going, you know what, this is just very white male centric, which it always used to be, it really did. Um, and just maybe having a look at a few other options for all of those roles and just seeing if you can sort of change the puzzle a little bit and see if it might work. And to be honest, like mixing it up and having a mixed crew feels beneficial to me. Like it just feels like, um, there's sort of uh, just balances out egos, it balances out a lot of things. So I think um, uh, casting, casting your crew in a way and making sure that you've got a good balance between personalities is always important. Katie, you've spoken quite a bit about how gender diversity is important for the atmosphere on set, but in terms of the actual product produced, the actual film or series or commercial do you think the gender makeup of the crew affects this? Do you think there's a difference in sort of like the approach that men and women take? Um, well, I think that's why it's good to have a balance because I think everyone brings different abilities and different strengths to things. And that may not just be because someone's a man or a woman, but I think it's, yeah, it's sort of finding a diversity in the personalities on your crew as well. And I think all of that helps. Like you can't have a certain type of person just being everybody because I think that, you won't get a great product. You do need sort of people who can be, you know, good problem solvers or people who are good with strategy, people who are good at kind of um, uh, timetables and and working out spreadsheets and things like that as well. And and that could be, um, yeah, you just need you just need a little bit of everybody. Um, and I think the product's better if you yeah if you cast well. I think. Um, there's been a lot of opportunities for, you know, some men over the years. So they may have uh, a level of experience that um, some women and gender diverse and persons of colour may not have had the same opportunities. So they're not necessarily going to have the same experience. What I'm thinking back to some of the great um, assistants that I worked with when I was a camera assistant, some of them were like, they seemed old at the time, but they're probably early 30s. And they were like, guns and so you're like well you don't have to be like you know someone who's been doing it for 20 30 years you could just be really good at it so i think it's also giving people opportunities as well so maybe you have an experienced person on your crew but you have a less experienced person on your crew and maybe that person can help bring that person up um to go on from that kind of sense and that idea of opportunity we mentioned at the start of this episode that you recently became the 10th australian female cinematographer to be accredited by the acs that is the australian cinematographers society and you've also won nine acs awards across your career so firstly katie a huge congratulations on all of that absolute fantastic achievement do you think women winning awards and being recognized for their achievements actually helps create opportunities for other women in the industry and perhaps break down any prejudice men in the industry might hold towards them? Definitely. I think um, recognition and, um, and awards in that way definitely firstly give the person confidence and confidence in their own abilities and work. Um, 
And then also confidence from other people. They're like, oh, well, it must be, they must be good because they've, you know, they've caught somebody's attention. So I think all of those, that support from your guilds or from other outside sort of forces can definitely um, help spur people on. I, I, I definitely think, so I, I shot a few short films at film school and that one of the ones I'd done in third year ends up winning like the cinematography award when I'm graduating from VCA. And um, I, I liked cinematography, but I liked it even more when I won that award. And I think that did have a massive difference. I think I, I was like, oh, so out of all of my peers, I was like, so I win this award. So maybe I'm okay at this. Maybe I'm actually good at this. And it's actually the thing I love. So it sort of did sort of set me on this train towards that role in a serious way. So yeah, I absolutely do. Do you think the trend towards greater gender diversity and gender equality in the industry is going to continue? Um, do you think say in five or 10 years from now, there will be even more women behind the camera? Do you think, you know, we will achieve a balance? Um, I think there's there's some blocks occasionally. Um, I think it's a genuine trend towards um, more equality. Um, I think people are making decisions um, that can reflect a bit more diversity. I certainly feel like I had the advantage of that as well. I think when I think yeah, I I, I presume I don't know, but I presume my name might be on the table because of that reason to try and keep things um, a little bit more diverse and you know like I'll still have to go in for an interview for something um, but perhaps I wouldn't have had that interview opportunity um, previously um, I, I definitely feel like it's grown but also my you know my catalogue of work's grown too so I think you get you get more you get more interviews based on that fact as well so there's something something kind of hand in glove with that <clears throat> but I don't know I, I feel like I feel like it's it's changing also like in terms of agents there's not a lot of um, uh, um, management agents in Australia for cinematographers there's a couple um, and um, until just now nobody's had more than one female DP on their on their register um, and this year um, two of them have two female cinematographers, which isn't many, but there you go. It's a bit better than it was. This has been fantastic, Katie. Thank you so much for all your answers so far. Um, we now want to ask you, I guess, our most important question of our analysis. Why do you think it is so important to achieve further gender diversity behind the camera? Well, I think that's um, a storytelling thing, isn't it? It's just like every, every human tells stories and every every human sort of tells stories from a different perspective and I think that um, the more we hear from different voices and not just the same voices then the more rich and interesting our stories will be so I think from every aspect whether they're writers directors cinematographers production designers all of that kind of thing if that could be a um a diverse world <laughs> then I think that it enriches the storytelling I really do and I think that um, a certain viewpoint has been pushed for a long time and I think there's room for seeing some other sides of the world. <laughs>
Katie, before we finish up, we want to ask you one last thing. What is it that you love most about your job? I think I love the challenge of it, the not really knowing what the answer is when you first are presented with it and then trying to understand the situation and find a solution. And that can be across many different aspects of my role. It can be from understanding a part of the script and how that's going to translate visually um, to, you know, a, an actual logistical problem about how do you get a truck to do this and this in this location or make it look like it is. Um, I think there's constantly, um, you're constantly challenged with different problems and trying to come up with kind of creative solutions to those is probably my favourite part of it. Or at least that's the most rewarding. I think at the end when you've solved a problem, it's, it's so great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie, for your time. We really appreciate you sharing your insights and your journey throughout the Australian screen industry with us. We've been your hosts, Nick Angus and April Austin. If you enjoyed this interview, make sure to tune in to our other episodes. We'll be sitting down with the likes of Dance Academy and H2O Just Add Water producer, Joanna Werner, and screenwriter and author, Christian White. We'll hear about their experiences with gender diversity in the Australian screen industry. Lastly, thank you to Jason Markutsis for the music used in this podcast. And thank you for taking the time to listen. 